Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is episode 99, 99 yeah. of the Personal Finance Show. So normally I would be like, uh, the guest wants you to do whatever. I'd come up with that intro after listening to the whole episode. Okay, what, was the th- what was the theme? What was the point of view that came out? But this one's easy because it's Beth McMillan wants you to travel. That's right. Or prioritize travel. Is, that, is it important to just always have it on top of the list? For me, it is. Yes. I mean, uh, that's a that's a personal choice. But yes, I think travel is important. I, I think it's important to learn about yourself and learn about the yeah. world and every like the the perspective that it gives us. Right? Absolutely. And I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but spending your money on travel, is it always worth it? Yes, I think it's the most worthwhile investment you can make. Fantastic. That's a that, that's a great quote right there. So, <laughs> so Beth is my sister-in-law. I'll just, we'll just put that right out of the bat. And the reason why she's on the show is because uh, Beth and her husband, Mark, and who's my brother-in-law, they uh, prioritized a six-month honeymoon uh, for their wedding. That's uh, right. In 2011, right? Yes, 2011, 2012. Yeah, yes. 20, yeah, into 2012, yeah. Correct. Which is just coincidentally when I came into the picture. Right. <laughs> and so they were they had this torture of meeting this new boyfriend of of a sister from afar right. and having to be like what who is this we would meet, want to meet him but not for like four months or something like that. That's right? right. Yeah, you came into the scene and we saw lots about you on social media but we didn't we didn't know who you were. Yeah. <laughs> We had lots of guesses, but it wasn't until we came home that we met you. And then you were like, oh, no. (laughs) Bo. Oh, no, this guy. He doesn't stop talking. Oh, yeah. He should have his own podcast or something like that. He should probably do this professionally, yes. (laughs) So, yeah, just let me move the mic a little bit closer to your mouth. Okay, yeah. Yeah, then that's perfect. Uh, So I'll probably just leave that in the show too, right? Because, you know, this is real life, everybody. It's not just like cut, 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 right? Yeah, this Um, is us chatting while our babies are sleeping and getting some work done. (laughs) Taking advantage because, you know, I mean, and we'll talk about this too. We we just went on a family trip with two babies and and that uh, would probably just exclude the option for most people, the fact that there are two babies under the age of one uh, in the same place. But we, hey, we can say that we made it work. We made it work. And again, we prioritized that travel because it was important to us. And you don't have a lot of time off. And, and that's something we'll get into too, um, in terms right. of like balancing time and money, right? That absolutely. Those, that's the biggest challenges, obviously. That's absolutely the biggest challenge once you're an adult like us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're adults now. I know. Well, babies, I mean, that's the biggest sign, right? Yeah, that's, that's when it happened. That's when it happened. Yeah, so... But first, we need to know a little bit about you in terms of like um, just kind of your relationship with money and how it, it came to be this way. So I guess the, the, the I won't go the earliest money memory unless you have one in on the top of your head. But I will uh, ask, you know, how was your relationship with money when you were growing up? Were you a spender? Would you always put money aside, like say in high school when you were working, that kind of thing? Uh, I was more of a spender, I'd say early on, yeah. um, you know, babysitting. I would spend whatever money I had. And then uh, my first job was working in fast food. I had a job at Taco Bell. It was my first steady paycheck. And it seemed no matter how many hours I worked, I would always maintain a balance in my bank account of $200. Always intentional? No, it just seemed I spent whatever I made above and beyond that unintentionally. And yeah, it just seemed like that's about how much I could save. 
And then uh, probably about a year into having that job, I was in my last year of high school in OAC and uh, my French class was organizing a trip to Europe okay. and I was brought to the meeting with some of my friends never had been on a plane before. Never. No, not even. Oh, you drove down to say. Well, yeah, we stuff, traveled a lot yeah. in the car and as yeah. a family. We did a lot of family road within trips North America. within North America, yeah. but I had never traveled abroad before. Okay. And I went to that meeting and I remember bringing the paper home to my mom and saying, you know, this is a lot of money, but I'd, do you think this is something I could do? And she said, you have a job. That's a reasonable amount of money that you could save. Okay. And then from there, I started working extra hours, saving every penny that I earned. And within a reasonable amount of time, I had the trip paid for. And that was kind of my first flavor of saving to travel. That's incredible. And we should probably mention at this time that, you know, there there's some privilege there. Like, your you know, your parents had money and absolutely they, you know, they, they were, were very encouraging they took care of all the other things right so right. that you didn't have to worry about that right but this was something that was you know it's a good early uh, goal for money to teach your children like hey save up for this like just like your mom said right, right? yeah they weren't offering to pay for the trip but you're right they they were very encouraging um yeah. i think they paid for the gas money for me to drive to and from my job at Amazing. the time yeah. as a as a supplement to help me save An the incentive, money right it, i mean exactly. so yeah because you might be like well i can't i don't think i can do this i don't know so they did what they could right. without and I, that without like giving it to you and i think that's it's such a great balance for it, parents to, you got to find that balance, right? Of like right. helping your kids, but not like handing them things. Right. right. It was a great lesson and it kind of followed me through the rest of my, you know, my school career. And I mean, I guess now with my traveling as well. Yeah. So that's really awesome. So early on you, you're able to, and then, so you went on this trip. Right. And w did it just change? Yeah, it, it, it really did. It was mind blowing. I mean, I, I could go to, art museums that I had been studying for years in my art class. I could use the French that I'd been learning since I was four years old. And, yeah. you know, I, I came home and had all these stories and all these pictures. And then that kind of spurred my parents on to travel. And within a year, they were overseas for the first time in, in Paris as well. I do love that part of the story. Yeah. That, that, that like you inspired them to travel, like watching your kids go places and then you go and now, now they're avid travelers. Right, right. They inspired me and I in turn got to inspire them, which is really neat. Well, that's, I mean, it just seems like it, it's a ideal situation for everybody. And you felt that that money was well spent because you didn't have like a whole bunch of things on the list. Right. Like jeans or I want those new, that new pair of jeans. Yeah. And maybe that's because that happened fairly early on when I was still impressionable. Now yeah. I would still rather spend my money on travel than you know buy the designer jeans or the yeah. bigger house the ma or material things right or experiences that's a really good point uh, you know maybe if people get that experience early and know how much it costs because if you just right. go on trips all the time when right. you're a kid but you don't realize that it costs money and, and right. value i think yeah using your own money early that's a yeah that's a good one i was wondering if there was like a a secret the reason because you know, some people just they just like travel and there's no right explanation I, yeah well i mean like i said my parents were always great to take us everywhere and you know we often had a minivan or, or some sort of yeah. car that we could just all pile into and we spent time going to the east coast to visit family or down to florida or myrtle beach when it was warm so we were accustomed to you know having a vacation be a fun thing to look forward to mm -hmm. okay so 
you're making your way through uh, school. So you end up going to pharmacy school. You get your undergrad first. Right. I got my undergrad at University of Windsor. Again, my parents were very instrumental in that, in that they uh, encouraged me to pay my own tuition Mm -hmm. in exchange for living at home without paying rent. And, you know, they they helped uh, us fund a car to get to and from university. Amazing. But uh, at the same time, we had to learn to save so that we could pay for our schooling. And then if there was extra money in the summers or, you know, saving up to try to travel. Yeah. So you you're able to, again, that balance. Uh, you paid for school by working and some loans. Um, I didn't have any loans until I went to my second degree in pharmacy school. Which, I, yeah. I, I worked crazy hours during the summer to try to pay for my tuition, basically. And was there is it because there was an overall like family aversion to debt? Like what was what was debt? like in your family did anyone talk about it as bad or good yeah I mean it was definitely discouraged I mean if I had to have a student loan to pay for tuition I I certainly would have and I did eventually need Mm -hmm. to do that with my pharmacy tuition being higher Um, but certainly it was encouraged to do it as much on my own as as I could and because I could work enough hours in the summer to save enough money for tuition it it seemed like the easy thing to do Um, I definitely remember maybe after my third year of university having this great idea to travel around Europe with a friend of mine for a month in the summer. We kind of made a rough plan and I pitched it to my parents and they were like, if you do that, then you can't pay for your tuition. So negative. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. How, how are you going to make that work? And I, at that time couldn't find a find a way so i think that kind of planted the seed for later but at at the time i decided not to and took a smaller vacation within canada instead okay so as much as you wanted to and you maybe could have maybe you had credit cards at this point too yeah i probably did and you could have probably put a trip on a credit card yeah that just never really occurred to me at the time yeah like why why would even do that that's yeah like I wish more people had this mindset, like, why would I do that, right, yeah. when I can't afford it? And meanwhile, they have the opposite mindset. Right, right. Did, did you have friends who were doing that at all, Did you, or did you have a good group uh, of, of good influencers in your life? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, so I could probably see both sides of it. But you just could never, you never would pull the debt trigger on that. Like. Yeah, I feel like there's probably a little bit of not wanting to let my parents down at that point sure. since they were supporting me with with living at home yeah and, and that's whatnot, nice so. right it's like they're they're uh, giving of themselves and you're you have respect for that and so right yeah, a little bit of that yeah that, well that's i mean great restraint and and you knew that one day you would you would do this travel you're planning you're doing all this planning yeah i mean that that's always the goal right there's yeah. always the next there's trip always the next <laughs> trip which is not always everybody's goal but yeah uh, in this family it's always the next trip and it's really nice. Even when we're on one trip, sometimes we're talking about the next trip. Oh, that's trip. the best time to talk travel because you're relaxed. <laughs> you're, on, and you're traveling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's I, and that, that's another thing, right, is, is the prioritizing of it, is having the idea and then you learn and you can then find out how to do it for whatever your budget might be. What's for possible, sure. what's not, the more we talk about it. If you just think that it's something that's unattainable, well, it's never going to happen, right? That's uh, right. It's picturing, the, picturing things. So, okay, yeah, so pharmacy school. Now, the t- just to talk about that for a sec, that's something that would be a little more justified for student debt because you kind of have, w- were you at that point 
I'm not going to say guaranteed, but was it likely you were going to get a job in pharmacy after that? Yeah, I was definitely going into pharmacy at a good time where yeah. it was assumed that I would have a, a well-paying job when I finished. Yeah. So um, even then, I still worked during school and worked full-time every summer to minimize that debt. So sure. I would my goal, which I think worked out every year, was that I would take out an OSAP loan yeah. during the year and then I would pay it off over the summer as wow. I worked. That Did you do that? I did, yes. So you did you graduate with no debt? Um, again, I was lucky enough to graduate at a time that pharmacists were in high demand. Okay. So because I agreed to go back to my hometown, which was considered mm-hmm. kind of a underserviced area, sure. I was given a signing bonus for the first bit of my career. Do you feel like talking about numbers or no? Sh- sure. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Windsor, which is far from Toronto, I guess. Yeah, so far, far <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, so when I signed with uh, a big company, they gave me $10,000 to work for them for a year. Wow, just a bonus. Right, just a bonus. you have to stay for the year? I like, had to stay for the year. Okay, so that's yep. an incentive too. Plus you're making pharmacy money, which is which is like an average salary. Do you Can you throw one out there for, this is retail pharmacy? Yeah, this is retail or pharmacy, working at a Shoppers or a Rexall. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure what your annual would be, but a typical starting salary at that time was $45 an hour yeah. for a pharmacist. And that sounds pretty fantastic for probably most people listening. For coming out of school. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's quite that strong anymore for people coming out of school, unfortunately, but I was just hitting it at the exact right time. So, I mean, uh, there's a lot of talk about people going into debt for school and not having a job on the other side, right? right. And, and and the debt might be the same debt amount as someone who is has a has a market that is right. willing to hire them. Right. And so we have to think about these things ahead of time. Did you have that in mind at all, or do you just like pharmacy? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both, yeah, certainly. Sure. I did a full undergrad degree before I applied to pharmacy. What was it in? I, do um, I even know this? General science. Okay, yeah. Yeah, just I... Thought I might be an engineer or a teacher, and I just couldn't really decide. And then okay. I was working. That was my part-time job when I was doing my undergrad. Was working in pharmacy, and by the end of it, I was like, "Why don't I do this? I enjoy it, and it will pay me well when I finish." And and your your mom was the influence. We should yeah. mention that your mom worked in pharmacy. As, yeah, as an she's a and, pharmacy assistant. And until just well, I guess last year. Right? Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, when that's the babies right. came. when the babies came and she retired. <laughs> like I'm retiring now. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I have another thing I need to do now <laughs> exactly and uh, definitely prioritizing for her right so right. so yeah so influence and you saw that this is a, a place where you wanted to, or you felt like you could work and right. uh, where you might want to be and so you pursued this and then you knew that there was a job coming on the other side right this bonus thing now not everybody got this you were lucky not yeah. everybody got bonuses out of university so timing timing was right and yeah. the fact that I wanted to go back to my hometown would you know if I would have stayed in Toronto and worked there that wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. so I was able to cut back my hours in my fourth year of pharmacy school and only work once a week mm. so that I wasn't as worried about saving money while I was in school so that's a big deal too because I think a lot of people are like I'm never going back right, <laughs> right? and also probably opportunities come and they think oh that's not for me meanwhile short-term pain or not pain but yeah in case. <laughs> yeah it, it worked into my yeah it's <laughs> but it's like you know short term maybe not exactly where you wanted to be at that point because you were building lives in other cities right i started that job before i met my husband so it, yeah i didn't really know where i wanted to be and going okay. back home made as much sense as it made sense. anywhere else yeah so 
if I would have signed, there were like a larger signing bonus and they could send you anywhere basically in Canada. So if, if I would have been braver or yeah. wanted more, if I had bigger debt, I could have been sent somewhere. Like the Yukon or the Yukon, Northern Ontario, that sort of thing. And wow. But it was a safe bet for me to, to do the Windsor. And the, I think this is still happening in various parts of the healthcare system, right? Oh, I'm sure. To go in underserviced areas. Absolutely. And, uh, so if you're open to opportunity, take it if you can. Like, don't, you know, that's, uh, again, Beth McMillan wants you to uh, travel, but also to be open to opportunity, you know, is it right? Right. Is yeah. another theme of this. And I mean, it was really a, a function of the time in my life, right? Like I, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. I didn't, I didn't have anything tying me anywhere. So I was lucky in that respect that I, I could kind of go where the money was and take those opportunities when you can, because right. you know, one day you'll have a baby and <laughs> yeah, or, you know, just have, have a house and a baby. Yeah. And you'll have roots and exactly. And, yeah. No, so now I'm a little bit more planted. Yes. And, and we'll, we will get to that. So you are now debt free and making uh, buckets of money. Right? It felt like it. <laughs> oh my gosh! After being a you know a somewhat poor student, living very within my means, yeah. all of a sudden, and you know I had rotations where I was unpaid at the end of my pharmacy degree. So I remember my first few paychecks being like, I can't believe they're paying me to do this now. That's <laughs> awesome. And did you try to maintain your lifestyle, or did you have a little bit of lifestyle inflation? Because you're like, well, I have some disposable income now. Yeah, well, I did buy a nice car okay. when I graduated. <laughs> so that was my one splurge. I did, uh, at least I had a three-year lease on a Ford Mustang. Oh, so the that Mustang. Was, you always wanted a Mustang. I did, yeah. Well, everyone should have that splurge. I mean, we, I was talking to the Looney Doctor earlier this year, and he bought himself this, like, great weight set that he wanted, right? Like, he's like, I'm a doctor now. Right. I'm going to buy this. But it was still like, yeah, buy yourself one thing. Don't just go out to Vegas every weekend, you right. know, because you think that's what this money's for. Like, you spent a lot of time in school, right? People, yes. And you paid for it, which was, you know, and you worked hard. And, like, this is what, uh, you know, you should have a balance of the two, right? So you, right. you did that, and, and I'm sure you're living comfortably, but you were still living at home? Yeah, at yeah. that time I lived at home with my parents for the year after I graduated and wow. they did charge me rent then <laughs> because I could afford because to pay smart it. People. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, wow, I've, I know how much you're making now. Yeah. Let's take care of this. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's amazing. You can give back, right? Right. You know, not that they, you know, needed it or anything like that, you know, but, um, you know, another person in the house does cost more money, right? Sure. And so, and they probably spent, a, like we said, they spent, they gave you money for gas to get to your job so you could save for going on a trip. It's right. like, it's nice to be able to pay your parents back when you can, right? Right. And I do believe they s put aside part of what I was paying them in rent to give me back when I got married, oh, which wow. is and that's amazing. What, yeah, a lot of parents are secretly doing that right. now, I'm sure, right? Yeah. And it's like, wow, like what, why, this is amazing. Why are you doing this? Yeah. It's still, they're, they're teaching you, they're going through the motions and that's what was important, right? Because mm -hmm. you would have had to pay rent in other places and uh, exactly but you're able to save a bunch right and now you're thinking about travel more and more oh absolutely so you're always thinking about yeah travel, but absolutely. now you're like this is feasible this is doable 
Right. Did you go somewhere uh, big on your own before the big uh, wedding trip? I remember my dad and I were talking about when I got that money from from signing for my first job. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, should I pay off my loan or maybe <laughs> we should go somewhere? And yeah. I was trying to talk my dad into going to Eastern Europe with me. And sure, right. We talked about it and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, all right, I'll do the sensible thing and I'll pay off my loan. <laughs> um, so like th- These are good examples, but yeah. there's also like the argument is easy on the other end too because that's extra money and you can alone, maybe it's not even high interest, right? right. You can continue to go, but there's something really good about being debt free did it feel really yeah. good oh for sure yeah. yeah it's just a weight off the shoulders and like you said there's always other opportunities and and so that worked out being debt free th- you're more open to opportunities too that's right, right? That's a lot right. of things are adding up right you're free you're um you're debt free right and you know open to opportunities so like go go anywhere Right. So uh, where, where did you end up uh, going? Um, probably about a year later, I went to South Korea and Japan. Nice. Not on my own, but with my then boyfriend and, okay. and my brother. And So um, the first one of the first big trips was w- with Mark? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was our first big trip together. Okay. And it was my first time in Asia. And uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of uh, an eye-opening experience to be on the other side of the world like that. Yeah, and now um, Mark... Was he working or did he, was he in school at this point? He was in school at that point. And did you have conversations about like, you know, who could afford this more or anything like that? Did that ever come up like as you were dating? Like, uh, is that kind of something that was a conversation like, I want to go here, but I can't afford that. Like, well, did anything come up like that? Not, not really. I mean, but so we dated long distance for a year and then after a year we moved in together yeah. and he went back to school. Okay. So I was working full time and he was in school. Oh, so right. yeah. he wasn't really making any money. So okay. it was more of a, is this important enough to do it? Even though Mark's in school right now. And yeah. I mean, the yeah, answer so was usually yes. You got, you got <laughs> <laughs> kinda, yeah, of course. So you, you kind of pushed it uh, forward. You want right. you wanted to go together. Right. And so you end up paying for this first trip. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that he had some contribution sure. as well. And uh, the first week that we were in South Korea, we were staying with friends of his. So that okay. was a way for us to save money and, and make the trip affordable. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, another thing is if you feel like you can't, like, you know, let's just take Mark as, as an example, right? Right. Because, you know, he wasn't making pharmacy money. Right. And then he goes back to school too, right? Right. So that's negative money. And, but hey, as long as we can get there, I can get us a place to stay for free, which could probably save you thousands or a thousand dollars at least, at, right? At least. And it was kind of a, a time sensitive thing because his friends were only going to be there for a short period of time. Yes. So it was the feeling of, well, if this is something we want to do, we might as well do it now while we have someone there to show us around and somewhere we can stay. Yeah. So there's always ways to, you know, it maybe someone can help with one bit and you can use your connections right right? that's valuable too because you know a lot of this uh a lot of people listening might be like ah you know i'm not a pharmacist making 45 dollars an hour you know it's harder for me to save up money and i want to acknowledge the privilege there right absolutely but you know as we will discuss there are different there are other ways to get places and there are ways to make money when you get there too right as as people uh, can do if you just know where to look for sure yeah, so, okay, so you go on this big trip and, and you guys sort of get the, you got the bug We now. got the travel bug, absolutely. <laughs> and now at some point you decide you're going to get married right. and <laughs> you know, we don't have to get into that. But 
did you start talking about the long honeymoon like early? Yeah, maybe even before we were engaged. Sure. It was kind of always an idea. Uh-huh. I, I just felt like if we got married and then went back to work the Monday, you just, I don't know, you wouldn't feel like anything was different. You'd yeah. just be going about your regular life. Whereas I thought if we had this great experience together, then yeah. like that's something we can build our life on. That's a really great idea. And you know, it's, it sounds like a dream and it made, did it feel like a dream when you were planning it? Like, can we do this? Oh, absolutely. It w- it seemed like the <laughs> impossible dream yeah. a few times, but it just seemed like everything was lining up to make it happen, to make it feasible. Yeah. So, you know, Mark was finishing school and wrapping up his degree and didn't have a job yet. And okay. I had finished out my contract and really was not loving where I was working. Okay. So I was in a position that I was ready to walk away from my job and we were renting and our lease was up on our rent. My so all kind of came together. Yeah, my Mustang was at the end of its three-year lease. So yeah, so we were in a place where we had no debt, we had no obligations. Yeah. And before Mark started looking for a job, and before I started looking for a, a different job, it it kind of seemed like the pieces fit together. It, w- it was the perfect time if we were ever going to do this. It it was the right time. Okay, so this is a six-month trip around the world. Right. Uh, I mean. For all intents and purposes, right. I mean, you can't go everywhere in the world. No, but <laughs> correct. But I mean, you, you're going full circle in that you did end up we did in London and yes. you came back that way, right? So you're going down and around and back up, right? <laughs> I, yep. I'm looking at a, a, a circle in my head right now. <laughs> you described a perfect globe. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the globe thing. That's no one can see this but me. Yes. So, yeah, why don't you just give us a quick list of cities just so we have a framework or in perfect order. No. Uh, well, we <laughs> You probably remember. Can I do countries instead? Yeah, go yeah countries okay. Instead. All right. That might be a little bit less <laughs> lengthy. Um so we left from Toronto and we had to fly to England to start our around the world because flight because of the conditions of the ticket. Yes, so okay. we flew from Toronto to Iceland mm-hmm. to England to Peru. And then we traveled overland through Bolivia, Argentina, and Chile. Mm-hmm. And then we flew to New Zealand, Fiji, Australia, then up to Singapore, Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, back through Thailand, and then back to England and then home. Amazing. And uh, Incredible. if you're ever visiting uh, your parents, you can see this. Right. Mapped out on the wall with a string. <laughs> That's right. Which is a very a world map. nice way to look at it. Right. Uh, and uh, it's just it's been there probably ever since. Right. Uh, this was, uh, we should say this is, t- we did already say 2011, right? Yeah. So it'll Through be. Through 2012. Uh, yeah. My anniversary is actually tomorrow. So eight, yeah. year, eight years tomorrow. Oh, that's so amazing. It'll I, be almost eight, eight years yeah, that well, we left. Uh, the 10th. The 10th. Yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't know you guys. So no. I wasn't invited to the wedding. No. But that's okay. I, <laughs> not I, on the list. I forgive you because yeah. uh, you didn't <laughs> For know not I existed. You. Um, that's really the only excuse. So. That's the only <laughs> excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, so you get married and then uh, you leave right away? I think about two weeks later. Okay, two we weeks We had enough later, time so. to pack up our apartment, ship stuff to various places. So you, you don't renew the lease. You're packing everything up. You're storing stuff with parents, maybe? Yeah. Like mo- all of the stuff or most of it? Um, yeah, half of it probably at my parents and half with Mark's parents. Okay, so let's talk money then. Yes. So 
Mark doesn't seem to have a lot of ability to save money because he's working on his further education. Right. Right. Which is very important. Right. right. I mean, we're in a situation right now. Right. That Kayla's in med school. Yes. And, uh, you know, we can say, and we can also say that Mark it paid off because he's a teacher. Right. Right. So this is, but it wasn't, this wasn't his teacher. It wasn't degree. his teaching. It was, degree. he was upgrading to uh, a bachelor degree, but it was like the next step. And then he was, you know, he was eventually going to get to the place uh, that he wanted to go. He knew that he needed to, keep growing right right then that was the point of getting the degree because he felt like he wasn't going to be able to grow in his position unless he had a degree and then you know a couple years down the road he realized he wanted the teacher degree to grow even further yeah and that's i mean there's a the the lesson there i mean uh, it's it might seem sometimes that uh you know you're supporting somebody else but it's for a reason and it's definitely so temporary coming back you know uh to you i don't know if you want to talk about the concussion very much but uh would you like to talk i thought you might want to talk about like uh, concussion awareness too yeah well and i I think it's also important to note that yes mark's gone back to school a couple times while i've worked but there's been other times where he supported me as well like when i was off for almost a year with concussion symptoms so and he was he was the one making the money to pay the mortgage and and people don't even know you can't do anything right when when you're concussed yeah and that's why we save that's why we save money right yes and thank goodness we had money saved at that point because mark had just finished teacher's college and was just starting to look for a job when that all and you had, you had a house. And we had a house. With a mortgage payment, which, right. you know, that, that that's the commitment right there, right? right. And l- luckily, you know, no no baby yet, right? Because I can I only imagine how that would have yeah. been, I, right? Yeah, I could hardly take care of myself, let alone. You could it. you couldn't even open your eyes yeah. right, at times, right? Yeah. Or for days or. I was in the dark basement a lot. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's just good to talk about it a little bit because yeah. people don't know that a concussion can do this. If you ask a general person on the street, they probably wouldn't. I wouldn't have known until I lived through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can really, uh, and you want, if you ever wonder, why do I have, what I pay for insurance? Why do I have uh, savings? Why do I need emergency funds? Because this was just a random occurrence in a sporting event, right? right? Just a recreational soccer game for fun with my friends. And yeah, I mean, even though I am much better than I was, it still changed my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I there's still things that I can't do. I, I will never play soccer again, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, my husband is still very protective of me because of this in, in anything active that I do because... He lived through it with me and he saw what yeah. a difference it makes. Exactly. And so, I mean, the financial impacts there, I mean, you can, so, uh, so let's get back to the, right. <laughs> because uh, the topic. point of the point of this, I wanted to mention it at least. Yeah. And so thank you for being able to talk about it. And I know that you support others who are, or try to support others who want to talk about it. Absolutely. Right? And yeah, you can decide at the end if you want to give any contact information sure. or anything, or we can just wait and, and put a link in, uh, to, in whatever capacity you want to. Yeah, right? it's, it's a hard thing to navigate if you don't know where to find information. So absolutely. That's right. So the idea there is Mark is, you're, you're working and Mark is working on himself and it all kind of evens out. You know, and over not, and over again, but it's not an even sum game either. Right. No, I mean, we all want to pull our weight and, and it's it is hard to not work for a bit and and pursue something for yourself. But it is for the family. And absolutely. Yeah. Not and not everybody's OK with that kind of situation. Right. Right. And I mean, our motto as a couple for employment and schooling, it's always been do it for 
the joy of what you do, not for the money. Mm -hmm. So Mark going back to school was never so that he could increase his earning potential. It was so that he could be happier in his job. Yeah. And, you know, as a a wonderful side effect, he is going to make more money in the long run. But even if he wasn't, it wouldn't have been about that. Yeah, if you don't focus on money first, the usually there is a side effect of money. Right. It just it just happens. Yeah. Um and if you focus too much on money then you end up being miserable. So how are you able to save up? Do you have a number that you can give us for the cost of this trip for two people or like a general yeah. number if you don't want to share yours? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we went into it with savings that we decided we would spend $20,000 okay. for this honeymoon. Amazing. And I wanted to go for a year originally, yeah. actually. <laughs> and when we did the numbers of even just dividing that $20,000 by... 365 days it wasn't really a feasible budget for a day-to-day budget i guess so right so a lot of the reading i did before we went was figure out what your daily budget is that you can live within Mm -hmm. and then you know build from there Mm -hmm. so when you took that money and we divided it by six months then it was about 50 dollars a day and i said you know what i think we can make that work and based on that number, it kind of tailored where we went in the world ah, because yeah. um, the company that sell, sold us our around the world ticket, mm-hmm. you could basically go anywhere. And there were some countries that we would have loved to have visited that would just not ever work within that budget. Way too expensive. And right. then, of course, some are below the $50 amount and some Absolutely. are above, so you were maybe averaging yeah. out. Yeah, so we tried to spend more time in South America and Southeast Asia because we knew those were more budget-conscious places, um, whereas when we were in New Zealand, we were way over budget, yeah. and so we only stayed there for three weeks okay, so to see as much as we could, but we knew that we were going to be spending a lot of money there. And let's talk about this around-the-world ticket, because I don't right. know if a lot of people know. Did you know about it uh, beforehand, or you heard about it? Um. I heard about it from a friend in England. Um, My cousin married a guy from England and his sister, Claire, had done that before. Okay. So I'm sure there could be companies who do it out of North America, but it was a familiar company because she had done it. And when I started researching it, I was baffled to see that it was less money for us to book a round-the-world ticket from England and buy a ticket to fly to England. Yeah, to get to England, yeah. Than it was for us to just book flights to and from Sydney, Australia, which is somewhere we had wanted to go. Wow. So for less of a cost than flying to Sydney, we could go anywhere in the world we wanted to. So I I was dumb and I paid $2,200 to fly to Sydney because right. I flew Qantas. Right. Um, oh, Qantas. Yes. I mean, Qantas, you, you got the chance <laughs> to fly Qantas We too. had one Qantas flight. I just wanted to see what it was like. And yeah. so are you saying that that's like a, it costs That's, around that yes. per, per ticket. Yes. That is incredible. But you got to go to all these cities, al- I guess, along the way, in essence. like Basically, yes. Yeah, because you did end up, like, you're one of your furthest destinations. Was was it Fiji the furthest or New Zealand? Geographically, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not I, sure. Yeah, that's a good, I, I, that's yeah. why I had that question. Cause Probably I'm, New Zealand, because Fiji, you go north from Yeah, New so, Zealand. like, New Zealand, maybe further, further south, south, and then you're yeah. kind of circling back, but around... The the world is not uh, straight lines. No. <laughs> and it's confusing if you look at a map, right? right? So you're looking, oh, it's just directly from here to there. No, it's all curved, right? So yeah. it's hard to, to pinpoint those things. But yeah, New Zealand is very far, and it's probably one of the furthest flights, uh, unless you live on the west coast of Canada. But right. we're smack in the middle of it. And yeah, if you were to do a direct flight to New Zealand, I don't, well, you can't. Not, yeah. Or maybe I'm from sure Vancouver? You, maybe. Yeah, to I don't know. Sydney, I know you can. 
Right. But that's uh, yes. kind of a newer thing too, though. Is, I don't think uh, it was an option. Yeah, they it's because of the new uh, newer planes right. and gas capacity and all that kind of stuff. Okay, right. so you find out about this and you're like, this is amazing. All we need is time, and we we've mostly talked about how it is you have time. Right. You made the choice, first of all. I'm, yeah, I made the choice. I actually did ask my current employer at the time for a leave of absence for mm-hmm. six months, and he couldn't find anybody who wanted to take okay. a six-month okay. contract, so he said, I'm sorry, no. Okay. And then but I you made asked. the decision. I, yeah. yeah, I did. And we should always ask, right? Because right. I also asked my boss if I could uh, do less work for less money. Right. And he made a, uh, you know, this is two and a half years ago, he made a reasonable decision that, he wanted me to be available to do things as you know his subordinate that he could assign to me if he thought it was appropriate. And right. if I was just there doing piecemeal work for a couple hours a day, he couldn't do that. And I don't know if that was a, a similar case, but you were like working serv- front, front-facing servicing clients, right, right? Right, and I had a very set schedule, yes. so yeah. And so... Yeah, was that a like was that a disappointment for you? Were you worried about when you got back? Like, what what was like to take this time off? What what were the things, the risks, or the things you had to give up? Right. I mean, it was honestly a giant relief okay. because I was not very happy in yeah, my job. Yeah, that's what you were saying. I was yeah. starting to wonder if pharmacy wasn't for me. Really? Because I yeah. I wasn't able to practice the way that I thought I would. In hmm. school, you have all these ideals. Yeah. And I'm working in this job where somebody is telling me, you know, what I should be doing with every hour of my time. Yeah. I'm not getting breaks. At, you know, I'm even to go to the bathroom for two minutes, someone's really? coming to find me and knocking on the door to say somebody needs oh, my come, help. Give me a break. And the, the head officer are the ones deciding how much help I get. Yeah. I just, it, it just didn't sit well with me because it, it didn't allow me the time to have the contact with patients that I wanted and it it just it wasn't where I wanted to be so it was it was a really easy decision and I knew that maybe I was naive because the culture or the you know the marketplace of pharmacy has changed so much since I graduated you you don't just easily get a job with a signing bonus anymore yeah but I just had the idea that I would be able to find a job when I got home and I just didn't worry about it. And probably because you were, you know, you and Mark were probably open to where you were going to come back. Yeah, we had no idea where we were going to land when we came home. And yeah, we and were traveling around the world. You might hear some babies now. We, the, the babies, uh, they only sleep for so long. So right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, huge kudos to my wife right now for looking after two babies. Do you think they're both awake? I don't know. I can't hear. You can hear better than me. That's why it's being picked up on your mic because uh, it's facing yeah, that way. I, I was hoping that that wasn't mine. <laughs> I, I can't tell right now. Uh, but yeah, so, but uh, yeah, no, well, yeah, let's, uh, we got a little more to talk about. Uh, thank you, Kayla. And so you, you save up this money. So you're taking a lot of, a lot of risks here. I don't know. You're, a lot of people, this would be scary, but you were like, just at the position where you needed a clean break. And I think we need to be aware of those and then take advantage of those breaks too. Yeah. It just, it seemed like the time and it, I don't know. I just almost felt like I didn't have a choice. I just, I had to get away. Yes. And so, I mean, doing it as a honeymoon is also helpful too, because did you, uh, I I don't remember this. Did you ask for money for the trip? Was that one of your main things from guests or no? 
Uh, no, we didn't do that. We did ask for gift cards yeah. for a shower since we didn't know when we were going to have a house. We didn't have a place to put we, things. Yeah, we, we didn't need things. <laughs> Don't so. bring us things. Don't bring us a big a glass vase right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, people were aware of that. So we did get a lot of gift cards, which was amazing when we came home and had to kind of furnish a, a place. Yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, it's really awesome. And they, I mean... They don't expire anymore, re-gift cards, right? Right, So that's yeah. good to know. <laughs> yep. They used to. Did that also dictate um, how expensive the wedding was going to be as well? I guess it probably did. I don't really remember too much. I mean, I think I had a budget for the wedding just because it seemed crazy to spend more than that on a wedding yeah. for, for one day. So I, <laughs> I think I think the two were, were kind of exclusive. Um, I, I definitely think we spent more on our honeymoon than we did on the wedding. Yeah intentionally yeah intentionally exactly <laughs> okay so around the world trip and then you're just you got do you have this all on paper before you're going like all the numbers not just really like generally like 50, yeah the 50 dollar a day thing 50 dollar like, a day was kind of our our benchmark and we just had that in mind with everything we did and does that include the flight or that's plus yeah two? that that includes the flight yeah yeah and then we kind of we cataloged pretty much every dollar we spent every day we had a log book and that helped guide us like yeah. if if we would have just kind of and we've had trips like this since where we just kind of have an idea of what we want to spend but we don't really keep track of it and then when we get home we're like oh we were over budget i wonder why yeah but being accountable for every dollar that we spent really helped us stick to that as much as possible this is like personal finance gold yeah <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um it also helped us know when we could splurge yeah because okay. there's you know travel can be expensive and even in the countries that we were in that were maybe less expensive there were like maybe an excursion or a trip that we would want to do that would cost more and mm -hmm. we'd be like, well, we've been living pretty responsibly for the last week or two. We've been saving money, so let's just go for it. Yeah, so tracking and the concept of budgeting not being restrictive but freeing Yeah. for the splurging uh, capabilities, right? Oh, we have this available. Yeah, we can let's, use let's this. just do it. Right, and, and we have this uh, set amount of money or like, roughly said i mean i'm sure right. did uh jumping ahead did yeah. you have any money left yeah we went over budget you went over budget yeah we okay. i think we ended up spending twenty five thousand dollars. okay so wow. we went five thousand over budget. now that uh that leads to the question where this money was just sitting in a savings account yes yes nice like so you had this specifically saved up you knew you had a buffer um, yeah yeah we that? weren't we weren't spending every penny that we had yeah I, I would never be comfortable with that yeah so you even like saved up more than you would have ever needed and this right. was just carved out i guess we didn't talk about leading up to the wedding you were working a lot yes as much yes. as you possibly could yes <laughs> <laughs> and this is we need to mention this because this isn't just like uh, I'm sitting, you know, uh, at a cubicle nine to five and someone's giving me a salary. You, uh, you know, and you're not you're just like doing the bare minimum. You're right. working additional like shifts as well, hours or things like that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Multiple jobs or no, just the one. At that point, it was just the one. Yeah. yeah, I was, but I would take extra shifts if they were offered and just try to pad that account as much as possible. And that was just kind of my nature from being in school. Sure. Like I would, I would come home for the summers when I was in school and work like 21 or 30 day stretches just wow. because that's what I did. So I was kind of already used to doing that. So 
um, yeah, there was a lot of weekends leading up to that. And I mean, that was part of the function of why I didn't love my job either, because my job had me working every other weekend All anyway. Oh, wow. Okay. So there was a lot of weekends where I would be working in the summer and, you know, Mark, Mark would maybe be studying or, or out with friends. And yeah. That was just the choice we made at the time, and, and well, you had but you had this goal in mind. Yeah, right? that that helps. You can get right? through those hardships. A goal is key yeah. for this kind of thing, and uh, you know, I always uh, turn to to Sean Cooper, who wrote "Burn Your Mortgage," and he paid off his mortgage in three years because he lived in the basement and rented out the top, right? Right. Which is like it seems like really genius right now but yeah. it's like yeah why i'm a one person why don't why do i need a whole house right for sure do it early right but he also had this goal from the beginning just sort of like you like i home ownership is really important to me uh, for you travel is important i want to make this uh, uh, this dream come true and there's like a, there's a lot of goal setting uh stuff going on here and yes. just doing whatever you needed to do like working hard it doesn't mean you're gonna work hard like that your entire life but you could at that time yeah I I had no reason not to at that time you know if if Mark was at home he was probably studying so it's not like we were gonna be going out and doing something social so it was kind of a why not do this now yeah and then and then that that set you up with a even even when you came back uh, after not working for six months and spending twenty five thousand dollars you still had money in the bank right, right from what you just said right and you got this great like fantastic experience i don't i hate to quickly go through any of these things like, we could have another show about uh, yeah. your trip but it, you know what would you say was uh, like a major takeaway for you from that long trip i think it was also like amazing marriage counseling too because mark and i spent every second together (laughs) for six months (laughs) which is more time than most people probably spend yeah in the first five years of their marriage that's right also we had to figure out conflict resolution really quickly because yeah we we were depending on each other for every decision that we made so we had to work together if one of us was cranky or upset we had to solve the issue right away so that we could get through whatever it was we were were trying to sort out and we we had to figure out ways to deal with the fact that we both get hangry so that we can (laughs) travel on throughout our day so it it was really good for us and and growing together as a couple yeah so that's a a big takeaway being a honeymoon and with with a couple right probably a very different solo trip i mean you get you're gaining all the perspective of, of uh you know being around the world and travel and stuff but for sure yeah but the that, added, that's never a negative i mean yeah you certainly would get so much benefit from doing that by yourself as well because everywhere we went we met other travelers if you depending on how you travel you can get involved with local communities mm-hmm. and and really get into different cultures so there's yeah there's no negative so yeah so that's a good point um you know, you don't have to be in a relationship. You can travel with a friend and hedge your costs that way. I mean, the, your your accommodation costs were cut in half every time if you right. if you had them at all. If you weren't staying with well, people you know you knew, and we could actually have done the trip so much cheaper if we were traveling as friends or not on our honeymoon, because a lot of the places we stayed hostels or guest houses, we would get a private room because yes. we didn't want to stay in a dorm. Of course, and we could have easily saved a ton of money if we were prepared to stay in a bunk bed in a dorm. If you're open to that right and and uh, like a, a lot of uh, why i wanted to do this episode was to show people that you can 
can travel and there's there's a lot of different ways to do it you know you can do this around the world trip and and you can save and and reach your goals but like you just said you can go and stay in a hostel for what like nine dollars a night sometimes yeah like, or, or less or less i remember a place What's the cheapest place yeah when you guys uh, i mean other than the private room thing yeah right? yeah you could buy you could rent a hammock in a garden in thailand for a dollar <laughs> a night and and it's, it's so nice and it's so nice yeah even the private rooms in in certain countries we went were eight dollars a night yeah I so remember, you're splurging on a private room right, for eight dollars right i remember one of our favorite places in thailand was on a small island and we splurged out huge and got our own little bungalow overlooking the ocean and it was thirty dollars a night and it was pure heaven gonna, and that included breakfast yeah we're getting, like gonna use all of our money for this <laughs> thirty dollars yeah, yeah it, it was so worth it and what it's done is it's you you are now i mean i would consider you travel experts right <laughs> give or take not every <laughs> we, country we can give world. recommendations on places we've been so you know the difference between places and what place might be uh more feasible for someone of a different age or our income level right right you know new zealand obviously not not easy to get to not cheap right no but we learned a lot while we were there we okay. rented a camper van and traveled around for three weeks which was incredible what we didn't realize until after when we went to rent a car in Australia was that we could have had third party insurance for like dollars a day, yeah. whereas we were foolish enough to get it with the rental car, which doubled our, oh, our cost. Yeah. So we, we learned as we These went. These kinds of things, right? Right. And yeah, like you could have spent $100,000 on this trip. Oh, for sure. Or more. Yeah. And we certainly could have went for longer I, I think that's something that we learned and, and ways to spend less money is slower travel yeah you know, we went to 15 countries if we would have decreased the amount of places we went we would have stayed places longer which would have been less transit costs yeah, and of course and sometimes and you get a better deal if you stay somewhere longer too right right so yeah those kinds of things you know it sounds like a lot of money it was six months right, right. you spent but you know, you've taken trips since then that <laughs> didn't cost you much right yeah, yeah. I do, mean, do you have any specific examples? Uh, we went to Hawaii last year for just over a thousand dollars for a week. Okay, for two people. For two people. Now that was using Aeroplan miles but for still, our flights. Well, yes. How'd you get those Aeroplan miles? Uh, we just use our visa for everything again, and then pay it off right, right away. And there's a benefit. Like if you are a traveler and you have no trouble with credit, please. Yes. <laughs> don't spend things. Don't buy things you don't right. need. But it, just for your regular everyday spending, it adds up. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Basically, once a year, we get a free flight somewhere. And we chose it. that trip. I, we wanted to go somewhere over March break because Mark's a teacher now. Yeah. So we have to go sure. at March break. And I was noticing that the same amount of points would get us anywhere in the U.S., which somehow included Hawaii. So we... That's all, it's usually not. Yeah. It's just continental states. Yeah. So we went for it and we camped for a week on Maui and it was it was very easy to do economically. Right. 500 As, bucks a piece. Like not, yeah. you know, I mean, you said you pool your finances, of course, but right. a lot of couples do not. And right. so when you look at it that way, that's really reasonable and shouldn't take very long. Now, I, of course, I'm generalizing. A lot right. of people don't have a lot of disposable income, but there will be a point or hopefully there will be a point in your life when you do and you make that choice to go out to dinner, the extravagant dinner, or take some of that money and put it in the vacation fund yeah. and make that option, right? Yeah, our, our, we we have a very nice budget set up using a spreadsheet that you gave us, oh. Bo. And uh, 
our, our travel budget is uh, maybe a little ridiculous <laughs> as a percentage <laughs> of our, our general income, but that's what's important to us. And like yes. you said, our, our, you know, our budget for other things is lower because we would prioritize that. Well, and, and a lot of the financial independence community talks about, you know, just doubling up on the things that are important to you and just ruthlessly cutting back on things that you don't care about. Right. right? You know, I know y- you enjoy experiences and food is a- often a part of the experience. Right. So that's, it's hard to, I would almost put that in the travel budget too, right? Like yeah. It's more, of, but like cooking at home in, in efficient ways I can save so much money and housing, not right. buying too much house, right? Yeah. I'm sure you had the opportunity to buy uh, you know, bigger ha- or houses in more expensive areas too, but you you know, found the place that was a good balance for you. Yeah, more important for us to have a smaller house that is easier to clean and <laughs> yeah. then we can afford to travel more. Like, I don't know, sometimes you're in a situation where you can't help but pay money for certain things, but right. in, on, on the other hand, sometimes you just get this opportunity where you can stay at home in a period of your life or save money on rent or move in with somebody or however it, it works and it might seem like a sacrifice of some kind for some people to be in whatever area you don't want to be it could just be short term but it also enables the things you want to do right and for you it was you know travel from the beginning and i should mention uh um, india and nepal as well because you there was a educational connection there you guys kind of yeah. Was there any, did that save you money or was it just an additional uh, added value when you went to Nepal? Uh, probably a little bit of both. Yeah, so um, can you tell us a little bit about Yeah, we were traveling with a group from Wilfrid Laurier University, mm-hmm. which is where Mark did his teacher's college. Yeah. Um, it was organized by his uh, teacher advisor, Judy, who goes every year okay. um, and is involved with a local organization. And she was organizing teacher workshops in Kathmandu and kind of the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. So we were able to travel with them which was a really great way to travel because we were involved with the local community. We had uh, like we had people from Nepal kind of helping to guide us. Yes. And we were able to visit communities that we would not have gone to as tourists. And may- maybe someone would have tried to charge you a premium to get to Right, well, we would have never even known where even they know were they or yeah. that there was a road yeah. that led us <laughs> there. So, and, and it was it was really a lot of work for Judy the way she organized things, we paid kind of a, a set amount at the start of the trip. And then anytime we had a meal or a hotel or a guest house, anything, she paid for it. So okay. she kind of knew what the budget was for uh, assuming however many meals and, and nights accommodation. And we kind of paid her and then she sorted it out. And she's getting preferential pricing, I'm sure. Yeah, for because. This, or prices you wouldn't, maybe wouldn't get, especially as a tourist. Oh, absolutely. Connected. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, th- these are just, if you affiliate yourself with organizations who have uh, efficiencies like that or, you know, that are aligned too, and you get to give back so much, you were yeah. teaching locals. Um, like, I was basically a hanger on. Yeah, but you were part of this. Uh, <laughs> but well. yeah, Mark was helping to run teaching workshops for local teachers. Yeah. And I was kind of, I was, I was along for the ride and I, I always travel with a giant first aid kit. So I was the, the pharmacist mama. Yeah. yeah and healthcare <laughs> professional as well. Yeah. It's so. it just, it's so much more valuable to travel when you're giving back too. I got to, when yeah. I went to Peru, I got to do some volunteering when I was there and the volunteer organization hooked me up with the local family similar yeah. to your situation. And I just got to know them and I got to know, you know, I'm not just staying in a fancy hotel. 
hotel on a mountain right. uh, and paying exorbitant prices, you get to know how things are done and you're treated a little bit like a local as well. Right. And you get to give back. And that's all you can hope for when you travel is to not make it any worse. Absolutely. Hopefully you make it a little bit better too. Yeah. And I found you then get more contact with the culture and you, you get to kind of understand what life is like there a little bit more than, like you said, if you're staying in a hotel or, mm-hmm. or, or being a regular tourist. So we, we often say that we're travelers rather than tourists. Yeah. We, travelers. We, we try yeah. more so to, to kind of reduce our footprint wherever we go. And I guess, you know, so we talked about you know, how to do this and the value of spending your money. And I mean, it seems like it's, it's not an investment, but what are the returns like, I guess, non-financial returns for you for traveling other than the, the marriage therapy that we talked about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think just having a, a broader understanding of the world and being more accepting of people around us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about situations I've seen in Canada where people are maybe disparaging uh, someone who's come from away who maybe doesn't speak English very well. And I think, you know, there's so many places that I've gone that I can barely speak the language and people have been so kind and so welcoming and, and so lovely with me that, you know, that I bring that home with me and and I try to be helpful and kind to anybody that I meet. And so it's really just perspective. Uh, like it's so it's everything. Perspective is everything because, you know, it, and it helps you make a better life for yourself. Find out what you what you might want to do, too. And all of these things have financial impact. Yeah, When you have this goal or this, you know, you're not uh, uh, spending wastefully either. Right. And that, you know, obviously you're saving and then you can figure out how to do things more efficiently. That's why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this because it's yeah. so it's so important. It's so valuable. And I think people stay in their bubble. A lot. Yeah. And uh, that kind of makes me think also like getting outside my bubble helped me. You know, I was walking away from a job that I didn't love mm-hmm. on my honeymoon and being away from this working world that I've, you know, I've been working so hard to get into. Yeah. You know, I worked so much during my schooling mm-hmm. and so much my first couple of years as a pharmacist. Stepping away from that allowed me to kind of figure out why I wasn't happy in my current job and what kind of things that I could find in a future job that would make me happy. And it allowed me to find my footing when I got home to to learn more about myself and figure out what would make me happy as a pharmacist. We just and need to step away sometimes. Yeah, and I've, I've gone through a couple iterations since the honeymoon. I've had a couple of jobs that have led me to where I am now, and I, I love my job, and I'm very happy as a pharmacist. So that's another added benefit as well. If you feel a little bit lost or just stuck, right? Travel is great for that. Yeah. There's such freedom of thought when you're not stressed about everything else that's going around you. And, and people try to, people are like, well, I'm just spending money, right? but no, it's like, it is an investment in you. And now you're able to make more money because you're working in a job that you like and you don't, you know, you're happier that way. And, and you of, often you get more opportunities too because you're more open-minded, right. because you have better perspective. It's just, it all just adds up and uh, take whatever time you have if you have a restricted time. That's always the challenge for people. For sure. But if you have an opportunity to take a break from something and, you know, I was lucky I had a two-month break between jobs and that's when I traveled down to Peru and I, that's exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. And you everything lined up for you in terms of let's take this time off and then 
we'll like restart when we get back right, right. and the uh, good thing is don't go into debt for this that's uh, <laughs> right yeah that's that, probably that would be a lot harder <laughs> a lot harder coming back to debt but right. even then like you know some people if you had to accidentally go into debt at least you know you have this experience and i think the perspective helps you you know find where you're headed and then maybe you pay off that debt when you get back but i'm so glad that you were able to do this the two babies and all this is hard for us to coordinate and yes. it's like we realized we couldn't find a good time on the trip we, we thought this. that this was a great uh, traveling would be a great time to talk about travel because we <laughs> always talk about travel when we're traveling exactly but it was not no it's because we you do need a, a quiet place a quiet ish place right. for an hour and our babies seem to like to sleep at opposite times. So. <laughs> Which we found out. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> I think they started doing it on purpose. This is good because episode 99 seemed like a really good place for this. Thank you so much, Beth. Thank you both for having me. It's always fun to talk about travel. And we can talk about later whether you want me to put a link for people to contact you Sounds about good. you know, uh, travel or concussion or anything like that. Anything you're willing to talk about, you can you make that choice. You don't have to make it now. And uh, so, yeah, next week is episode 100. Wow. And it's, I wanted to make it very meaningful. It's about um, privilege, uh, financial privilege, what all of that means, what different levels of privilege uh, do to your ability to earn money, things like that. And so I have amazing... Follows this conversation yes, well. right? Uh, amazing special guests, the host of the Fair Sense podcast, uh, Tanya and Kara. And by chance, I was a mentor down at FinCon, and my mentee, James, is so well-versed in privilege. I said, you're coming on the show. And he's number four on the, on the panel. So we have a great conversation. So it's a nice bonus to have James on. And uh, I'm really excited about that. And um, I'll see you all next week.